Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to tonight's broadcast. I am always honored every time you take your valuable time to receive from this ministry. Previous broadcasts are available on our YouTube, abnersuarez.com. And uh, I am back this week with Pastor Walter Nisterenko. We had a program last week with him. Oh, before I forget. If you're watching this program, when this premieres, like and share this broadcast. Let us know where you are watching this broadcast from. But I was saying, last week, I was with Pastor Walter Nisterenko. This week, I'm back. And last week, he shared about a life-changing encounter that he had that kind of redefined some of his paradigms in ministry. If you're not aware of this, Pastor Walter Nisterenko, Impact Church, Seaville, New Jersey. I encourage you to go back and watch last week's broadcast. There's an impartation for an encounter uh, on it. But uh, Pastor Walter, I wanted to ask you, um, you said 10 years ago you had this encounter. You shared that last week. You can uh, listen to that broadcast. But, and, and I asked you Saturday night, just as we were driving uh, from the airport, what is the vision for Impact Church and the ministry that God's given you. I know that he's given you uh, a ministry even beyond the local expression that you helped lead with your wife. But you said the vision is a move of God. Mm -hmm. And so there are many leaders probably watching this or even believers just watching. That's 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 the theme of my life. We want move of God. Right. So what does that look like right. in leading a local people? And then also even at a local church level, uh, which is a, a very grassroots level, there was even some uh, shifts, even in, quote-unquote, a Pentecostal church that, uh, that you had to go through as you led a group of people in trying to lead a people into move of God. So why don't you just touch yeah. on, on that? Because it's, 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 it's a very interesting, uh, often challenge that leaders have in your position that uh, what I have learned is that leaders and even many believers said, I want a move of God, even declaring it. But when God begins to move, uh, they go, nah, I, don't, I don't, this is not what I, I've never experienced this before. I don't think this is God. And one key thing that you shared last week that struck out to me, and I pointed out in last week's broadcast at some level, it's this, that when you encountered the Lord and when you, uh, God began to minister to you in those 21 days, you realize that you had some paradigm shifts. And uh, we I have learned in over 26 years of pursuing this that um, repentance is a daily gift to get you where, to get you further in the purpose of God to be like him. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's a lot there. So let me just start with yeah. the vision. I mean, the vision is a move of God. That's obviously a broad, broad right. gray stroke. You know, you, you know, you don't put that on a on a uh, marketing promotional tier. But uh, I think in essence, what we're called to be is an apostolic church that hosts the glory of God. And I think this is going back to what you're talking about, revelation of, you know, not just looking for a visitation, which is a move of God, but also what is it to create a culture of habitation where ultimately you're, you're creating a culture in the midst of your church that realizes that the primary importance of anything that we do has to come out of the relationship of encounter, of the presence of the glory of God, that we're first primary priests unto the Lord, ministering to him. And from that, just like Moses went up to the cloud and got the law and got the instructions of what to build, anything, whether individually or corporately, we don't have that foundation in place. 
Um, is it going to last, number one? Is it going to make an impact? And to me, it's not worth your time of, of warfare. Put it so uh, in that sense, we're looking for a holistic approach of an encounter, a revival, which I believe leads to an awakening, which leads to hopefully reformation of society. So we're trying to hit the spiritual end of it, which begins in your spiritual encounters, but ultimately take it into the streets of encounter where the encounters of the kingdom become now manifested naturally into the world. Spheres of influence, spheres of society, seven mountains type of thing. Um, and so gather, train, and send is kind of this three-word lingo that we use, gathering the lost, training the believers, sending the disciple. All those are strategic even uh, the words that we use to emphasize an individual coming in through our doors of what that looks like. Um, with that said, most people in the Western church, as you probably are familiar with, um, the level of discipleship that goes on in the Western church is really because of the temptations of attractional church models, um, seeker-sensitive church models, discipleship has been not as emphasized as we need to. And so we're noticed, we're known to be kind of like we're not here to uh, comfort the afflicted, but more we're here to afflict the comfortable. So you will get challenged because we're looking for you to grow. And I think that's where the levels of people's maturity will be tested. And so by God's grace, um, uh, we're, we're developing disciples. Um, but that, that that's not a quick fix overnight process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the long haul journey of building something of what we're looking to build. Uh, it requires seed, time, and harvest, that whole universal kingdom principle. And in that seed, time, and harvest, we're going to see God move. Uh, so that's the vision side of it, the process side of it, of my transformation and uh, the lot of learning that I had to go through was, is this word repentance? Changing the way you think, bad teaching, bad theology. Um, what I've noticed in my understanding of my journey is that it's like the children of Israel, the cloud is moving, the fire of my day, fire by night is moving. And if you're not staying current by repenting, by constantly seeking God. What are you saying? Again, there's nothing new under the sun. It's the biggest complaints you get from those who are religious or hesitant to seek some type of new teaching. There's nothing new. It's just new to you because it's being opened to you in a way that points back to the scriptures that have been always there. Mm -hmm. And so that's the big thing that I like to teach people is that, listen, we're not saying anything that's not biblical, but the lens and the viewpoint of how you view it based on an encounter is going to shift and it will cause enemies it will cause people who are not with you it will cause a lot of problems in the natural because of what you're experiencing spiritually um and the other side of it i've seen the extremes of it where people who are in our stream they love the touch of god they love the move of god but because they don't have inner healing they don't have wholeness in their soul they just want the candy they just want the surface level moments of the encounter let me prophesy in the parking lot let me go and just get a touch of heaven everywhere i go let me follow the where the fire is going that's great and fine but if you're not allowing that to come into the great deeper transformation you won't find divine purpose of what is god doing why is he doing these things and if you're not willing to go there in those painful moments you will not fully come into the realization of your calling well you said a lot there uh I had a lot rolling around as I was listening to you of just um, some thoughts. But so the center piece is this is this is what I heard. The center piece of this vision for a move of God said apostolic 
uh, center, um, apostolic church, excuse me, and then within that context, and, and, uh, and I think this is important for life, vision, for leaders, this is the language God gave you, gather, train, send. But the center point of that is creating, particularly in your gathered meetings, creating a place where people can encounter the Lord. And in that encounter, it's they God touches people in the in the intersection of where they're at in life to begin to put them on this journey to be like Him. And then, where you're like Him, you can affect the world in the manner that God intends you. The, the, the transformation within your spirit sphere of influence. So that's what I heard. Am I hearing correctly? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just for just yeah, this no, way no. I process things, and and so people listening, maybe those are some things that God will give you language for your particular purpose in life as a leader. What, what, one of the things that strikes me here is what is one of the things in your experience, both biblically and now working with people, particularly in this vein for the last 10 years, what are the things that you have found? Because one of the things we touched on briefly is there are people that maybe have a significant encounter with the Lord but then a year later, two years later, I don't even want to put a time limit on it, but there's times where you you know they're not doing so well after that or they're they're not even connected with the local body anymore and they're they seem to be uh, not producing the fruit right. or even the prophetic word to say. What are characteristics of people that you've seen that begin to produce, Fruit. I know. I know what I've seen, and what some of the things I, I point out constantly because I'm an observer of people. But what have you seen for people that they begin to live what I call eternal lives? That it wasn't just a one-time encounter, but over the years, what are some char- foundational characteristics of people who uh, who 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 um. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they live this thing for the long haul. Well, they don't have the exact and, language. And again, in this I moment. think this is predicated on the beauty of the Holy Spirit, who's a free gift, right? And so he's he's going to pour out on anyone who says yes, mm. whether you're broken, whether you're healthy. Mm-hmm. He's going to pour out. That's just what he he responds to a cry, right? Mm-hmm. The challenge with that is is that when you get encountered, you naturally feel empowered, mm-hmm. and in that empowerment you can jump ahead and find your identity in this sense of empowerment by God's touch on you rather than realizing that has nothing to do with your identity of relationship. And so I find the struggle with people, whether it's committing to a local church, realizing the process, is that you can easily exchange this. Stop right there. That's huge. Just a simple thing. I think there's such simplicity in some of this. It's the commitment factor. It is the, and one thing I observe in people, and this is also, I think, really important, that often, even among the body of Christ, particularly leaders, you and I work a lot with leaders, is they look at something that is, in a sense, producing something or even seen as successful, and we want to listen to that person, but the way they built certain things is not the way that God would do it. So I'll use this example. You see an airplane, a private airplane. It's a beautiful private airplane. The person is a billionaire, and they're doing well. And so, uh, but then you find out what this person does for a living is that they're a pornographer. Right. 
So the world says, oh, that guy's doing well. And I think often, with all due respect, often we'll see something, even a ministry built a certain way or a, oh, wow, that's reaching a lot of people. Oh, they have a certain amount of uh, financial resources. And so we, we want to listen. Well, we got to listen to what they're saying because they did a certain way. And what you find out or sometimes what you can discern, it wasn't done God's way. So we begin to reproduce certain things that have never been done God's way. So I just, I pause for that yeah, moment. Well, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I think the bottom line is it's the word faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So commitment, faith faithfulness. faithfulness, Jesus is not impressed with your gift as much as you feel like you have a gift, prophetic or healing or, or whatever, whatever it may be. And that's where, you know, I'm a local church guy. I mean, I have an apostolic call, but I value the local church. And so I realized that the local church is God's blueprint in scripture to help you facilitate the discovery your calling. And testing that individual in the local church because you will be tested you won't agree with everything there's no perfect church is a great way of entry point of learning to serve because ultimately we're, we're just glorified servants I mean, at the end of the day we're, we have our ministries we have our callings we have our names we're still servants and faithfulness is the the access point to to greater things mm. and i think so faithfulness commitment mm-hmm. Um, I think the, 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 the word that you said that really jumped out is tested because you, I think one of the constant tests, and, and, I, and I believe this, I believe, and, and what I've learned uh, over 20 years of being in full-time ministry is that uh, a really big point that I think people need to know is that when you truly embrace the life of disciple, and I, and I believe disciple becomes, disciple son comes before any sort of ministry calling. In Scripture, you never once find uh, the Apostle Paul. It's always Paul the Apostle. You never find the prophet Nathan. It was always Nathan the prophet. So the discipleship, the sonship came first in that that identity within God. But, But my point in saying that is when you seek and when you choose to live and seek to live your life like Jesus, you will have people that take advantage of you. Because I, I remember years ago, um, we had a conflict in a certain nation. I was not very happy. It wasn't good. And I remember I, I was really far away from home. I was like, I, I, God, I just want to go home. I'm done with this. And I had to go teach a session. I remember what the Lord always said to me. He said, you think you're better than me? I said, no, I don't. And I understood what he was saying. And he wanted to teach me about when you serve people, you'll be taken advantage of. You'll be spoken ill of. So my point in saying that is when you serve people, you will always have situations like that because Jesus was like that. And then your ability to respond to interpersonal relationships is often defines where you go. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we talked about off air one time is that uh, there is no discipleship outside the context of community. Cool. And in community, the closer you get to people, just like a family, There's going to be conflict. There's going to be challenges. And how you navigate those is a key test of growth. Well, and, you know, I deal with a lot of leaders. Like, you know, we talked about Mm -hmm. this, what you do. One of the lessons I've learned is, you know, I've heard this saying, but a leader is not ready to lead without a limp. And just like Jacob's identity got shifted when he had an encounter, right, forever. You know, he's walking with this cane forever when he was called Israel. So I think that whole point of pain, pain is not a negative word, mm-hmm. but it's a word that 
It's, it's something that God uses in the process of discipleship that many people, as soon as they experience pain, and again, that's part of the whole inner healing, soul health, realizing that, you know, it's not about you anymore, and this is part of identifying with Jesus. And so when God allows pain in your life because he wants to shift things, change things, or just because of the warfare you're in, how you respond to that will determine the capacity in which you're going to walk in. And that's why it was interesting with the Apostle Paul and his Damascus Road encounter. One of the marks of his commissioning was, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in the theology of an encounter. The more profound the encounter is proportionate to the profoundness of the suffering associated with that call and encounter. Yeah, I think biblically speaking, you find that to be the case. That, that like such significant encounter often is for the marking of the pain and the persecution that awaits you being faithful to the Lord. Correct. And I think I also want to distinguish here that there is a suffering in the gospel. It's not suffering what I see most people. You're not being, you know, right. it's it's off, and it's not it's not purposely offending people. It's genuine obedience to the Lord that causes you mm-hmm. to have pain because of your yes to the Lord. There was there was a persecution that caused Shadrach, Meshach, because they would not bow. I'm talking about that. That is authentic, sure. real-life living. So the, the fruits that you've seen, faithfulness. Community. Yeah. Commitment. Um, enduring suffering, right? Um, not getting what you want, you know, and that's part mm-hmm. of being faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would just say this endurance of just of, of trusting God in his timing. And I think that's huge. It's good. Because I think most of us, we see it. There's a recognition of it. Other people confirm it. And then, okay, but when is the release to say, okay, I'm going to give you your own or I'm going to release you into greater more and working with leaders in that. And then again, I, I understand God works through an order and a system through his army and there's overseers people above your life and and sometimes they make mistakes and sometimes you've got bad leaders that doesn't exchange the principle of scripture that still god uses that and so i'm big into apostolic alignment i'm big into working with your overseers getting their blessing in that sense not in a cultish way but in an orderly way because i do believe god works through that and uh and as that happens you know i think bill johnson said this you can do you can, people think you can do more on your own, but actually you can achieve more when you're under submission than you would on your own. And I think that's what it's about. It's about fruit. And the fruit comes when we yield to God's process. And, uh, and that's what it's about. Well, I know that uh, in the last broadcast you said, I wouldn't give this up for the world, but I also know the the heartache sometimes you feel. And I want you to address here just in the last few minutes, leaders who are watching this, I have many friends around the world that this is their, like, hey, we want to be a place that embraces everything God has for us, particularly this move of God that's in the earth. I want to see this authentic community, but then there's a brokenness as well uh, in, in sometimes the people that they're ministering to, like, how come they don't want this or why are they rejecting this? Address that part for leaders and an encouragement to them to, to keep moving forward. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to the the call and the vision. 
because God, ultimately you're responding to his vision for your ministry, right? So there's moments where you want to quit, throw in the towel. We're all, we've all been there. I got to go back to that, that call. And again, like we just talked about the pronouncement of that call will tell you the difficulty. So the louder the call, it's like we want a loud encounter, but you don't want a loud encounter because with that, the, the rep, the, the repercussions of that will cause you to go through difficulties. But I would just say it's really coming back to the simplicity of Lord. This is about you. We know what we want because we see the fruit of our own lives of what it's produced in us. And I think that has to be the driving force. And just like Joshua, as he entered into the promised land, courage and strength were his two commands that he got in Joshua 1, be strong and a good courage, be strong and a good courage, right, three times. So it's not an easy road. You need to be courageous. You need to be strong. Um, but the fruit of seeing people get it, once they get it and you're seeing the fruit of their lives, uh, that's the greatest reward and delight. And, uh, and it's the Lord's job to determine the increase and the magnitude of your influence. Our job is just to simply remain faithful to that, faithful to what he's asked us to do. Um, and then people will attract your strength. That's the, what I think the beauty of it is. Your endurance, your in so long mm-hmm. suffering will attract people who need that. Mm-hmm. They'll say, there's something about you that I need. I've seen you. It's not just a, a word, a good message. It's a, it's a consistency of faithfulness that they say, I need health. You're healthy. I want to be around you. Right. Yeah. So I would encourage you. Like, uh, it's for the long haul, and it's about health, and health is not done overnight. You know? Yeah, I think of... Um the, the famous statement God gave to Gloria Copeland many years ago that I always think of. And he, he said to her, Gloria, inconsistency lies the power. And to every day, and even I think even with, um, just even if you're pursuing a move of God, one of the characteristics I've seen of long-term fruitfulness development of people is that the leader makes an intentional choice to stick with what God called them to do and not be moved by what they see in a sense of this. Sometimes even in the move of God, there's a little pressure like, ah, you know, our meetings have gone a little long on Sunday. And, you know, I think the people are getting a little restless and a lot of people don't want to start coming to longer meetings and different things. So there's this pressure and often like, well, we'll just cut backwards a little bit. And there's a great book out there by, um, I don't even know if it's still in print, but I have it in my library, so I'm going to keep it. Uh, William Ortega, and it's from a master's thesis. And the thesis was that no move of God, and he documents this well in a scholarly way, no move of God was ever stopped for extremes. It was stopped when they tried to start to kind of go, oh, we'll just kind of tone down this a little bit, or we'll just kind of tone down this a little bit. And so... I have found that consistency, that staying the course and 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 moving in that path is what is what allows you to have the long-term fruitfulness of what God's called you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge as a leader is as stewarding a move of God. It requires that idea of purity and power and and really being open to allowing God to do what he wants to do. And then at the same time guarding against you know against the excess but i think just guarding against the enemy coming in i mean because people are going to respond how they're going to respond but at the end of the day uh you're you're looking for him to be glorified but that that takes courage and uh finding other people who are running with you in that stream vein you know is a built of encouragement because then they, they encourage you along their journey um 
but you know our call is to build this this epicenter here in this area and hopefully to influence plant churches and people to the nations and um it's god's vision so i'm just responding to what he wants me to do it's beyond my capacity to do it so it's intimidating and yet humbling because you realize you can't do this um but it's that personal conviction like you said that i'm not going to deviate i'm not going to deviate and you've gone too far at least for me i've gone too far from where i came from to where i am to go back and so i'm grateful for that so. and i just want to say this encouragement just as we kind of land the plan on this broadcast one of the keys I've learned even for my life is to declare the end from the beginning. This is how God created the world. He knew uh, what the end was going to be, and he declared the beginning, and he saw the end. And, and what I mean by that is I am constantly, probably every day, just declaring the future of our ministry because I want to get a vision of where I'm going and keep that in front of me. And even if I don't fully see everything in my lifetime, which I think I'll see a lot, I'm going to cr make choices that those who come after me will experience those things. Pastor Walter, why don't you pray for the people here? I want you to pr pray particularly for leaders okay. who um, they've been pursuing this thing. They haven't quite seen the breakthrough. They haven't seen the promises or something. They've seen a little fruit. And maybe there, there's some, like, I don't know. Did God really speak to me? Sure. Yeah. So, Father, we thank you right now for those who are watching, particularly Shebo leaders, Koya Lord. Bakaya. We thank you that, Lord, whom you call, you have are preordained and predestined to do the things you put in their heart. And so we pray for those leaders who are struggling today, who feel, Lord, that they're in the middle of a desert or they're unsure or questioning what they spoke to you. I pray for encounters with them. I pray, Lord, that you would visit them right where they may be that you would remind them, God. And then we thank you for the confirmations. We thank you that signs, wonders, and miracles follow those who believe. And so we're grateful for who you are now. In Jesus' name, amen.